Welcome into another edition of 30 Racket Sports. A big week in Ohio for sports, guys. Uh, talk about the Mac being back. Talk about college football in general. Uh, and then also get into some NFL talk. Talk a little bit of uh, quarterback situations. Maybe some former Ohio State guys as well. But uh, before we get into that, let us reintroduce ourselves. I'm Greg. I'm the talent. I'm the guy that keeps you two in line the for ego. better or for worse. The ego. The vanity. I mean, you know, if you got it flaunted, I suppose. Oh my God. Uh, to my right is a guy who roots for a college football team who actually gets respect in the polls. So I'd really love to hear how that works. Uh, the Ohio I'm State I'm not fan. a Notre Dame yeah. fan. We get no respect. Oh. No respect. No respect. The Ohio State fan, Zach, still claiming no respect. Of course, Zero. UC, after a 28-point win, drops a spot in the pool because that's the uh, the American respect for the American Conference. And then, to my left, a guy who uh, has gotten really into cooking this week, and I, someone would say his favorite utensil is the wooden spoon. Uh, of course, awarded to the team with the least amount of points in MLS, so going for the second year in a row... To FC Cincinnati. Josh, how are we feeling today? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We'll take that wooden spoon, we'll put it right in our drawer with our other spoons. And that's hardware, man. We That's hardware. That. That's hardware. <laughs> I don't think that counts. I don't think wood counts as hardware. Well software? <laughs> Woodware? Nah. No, utensils? Usually no, trophies utensils. are made of metal. Well, yeah. The ones you want. Usually football teams have strikers on them. We Usually, teams have good players on them. So uh, that too. Yeah, I don't want to talk about soccer anymore. Uh, it's All over. Right. Season's well, over anyway. <laughs> Zach's getting a little Been antsy. Over. Getting a little antsy. Uh, on a better note, crew, number three seed in the East. But we'll get yes, to that sir. later. But, Zach, I'm sure you'd much rather have a beer instead of I would. Uh, talking a little soccer. So we're going to move into our beer of the week. Oh, beer of the week. And our beer of the week for this week comes to us from uh, their locations in Troy and Maria Stein, Ohio. It's uh, our friends at Muller Brew Barn. Of course, we had uh, one of their beers in recent weeks. No, I guess it was, it was pre. Yeah, it was pre. Pre shutdown. I think that was like the last one we had actually before. Yeah, it was because it was what a was baseball it? beer. It was yeah. uh, Wally Post. Yeah, oh, Wally yeah, Post. Yeah, that's right. From uh, from Muller Brew Barn, you know, just north of Dayton. Uh, we had that whole conversation about yeah. Josh not really knowing what a big or small city is. <laughs> so, what a good location point is for people. They're uh, all big cities to me. Well, back to our beer. Or in this case, we're drinking a Radler this week. It is the Pink Ribbon Girls Lemon Berry Radler by Muller Brew Barn. Now, first off, this is a um, beer that Muller Brew Barn... Um, Went in together with uh, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway to uh, release this beer, and it helps support uh, Pink Ribbon Girls, which is a local organization providing support to those in the fight against breast and gynecological cancers. So they provided more than 100,000 meals, 2,400 house cleanings, and 6,800 rides to treatment centers for clients in Ohio, Kentucky, St. Louis, and San Francisco. Which seems to be an interesting that is an interesting base, group. but definitely, um, I mean, a beer that does some good, providing some support to you know charities. 
uh, we'll get out right in front of it and say 30 Rack Sports is an anti-cancer podcast. So we just wanted to clear that up right off the top. Get a, yeah, I don't get, think that get needed. That clear it. Okay. Get that out of the All way. right. Doubling down it, on it. A du- <laughs> Doubling down on it. Tripling down on it, some may say. But you know what also some people may say, Zach? What? They may say, what is a Rattler? What, uh, what is what it? exactly what is, is a Rattler? What is a Rattler? What is a Rattler? So a Rattler is actually more commonly known as uh, just the shandy. So like mm. your summer shandies. So it's normally a beer mixed with a soft drink, carbonated lemonade, ginger beer, ginger ale, or a variety of juices. So it comes from the drink. It uh, comes from a drink in Germany called Radler Mass, which means cyclist leader. So basically, it came from a guy who had a bunch of uh, cyclists show up to his bar, and he was running out of beer. So he just mixed some beer with some juice to kind of. People were like, "Hey, you know, this is pretty good." Like after a long day of you know right. riding a bike or something, something a little bit lighter than your traditional mm. beer. Interesting. I will with say with these nice days that we've had in Ohio the last couple of days, maybe not a bad time for a Radler. Yeah, I was gonna say like outside today, you know, it was pretty warm out today actually, and yeah. this is a great end of summer beer because it is it's very refreshing, it's very fruity. So I can, if if I were cycling. And that's purely. I would love to see you cycling. Oh, that would be. This would be very hypothetically refreshing afterwards. Big pedal, big pedal guy. Big, big pedal guy. Big pedal from, guy. Uh, that's what you do in small towns. That's what you do in small towns. So, uh, guys, first thoughts of this beer. It's got a nice, like, pink color. Almost looks like like a rosé or it something does. like that. Um, it's got a very pungent aroma. You get a lot of the very strong. The lemon and it has a lot of a grapefruit taste. It's definitely something different. If you're more into the beers, this might not be exactly up your yeah. alley. But it's definitely something that if you're maybe kind of walking your way into beers, this might be a nice one I mean, for you. It rattled my taste bugs, I'll give you that. But points. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so I've been waiting to use that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not normally a shandy guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It is good. I get if you know, if you do like shandies, I think you would really like this one though. Yeah, I think it's got a, a lot of tastes that go together. I think the first time that we all tried it, we were all kind of like step back, like, well, mm-hmm. whoa, that's a lot. But once you start to kind of get into it a little bit, you get the nice it is lemon taste, grapefruit. Better beer. refreshing doesn't leave the, the normal beer yeah. aftertaste. It's, yeah, it's, it's different. Like if you aren't familiar with Rattlers, yeah, it will kind of like be a jolt to your system first. Especially when you're thinking like, oh, it's like a beer. Like we normally drink something right. very hoppy, yeah. Especially like after you just got done biking 15 I know miles. it's not like that. I get it. But. What's wrong with a little IPA after drinking or after biking? I mean, I, I drink an IPA after everything, but some people can't handle that, Greg. I, I, we're not even going to follow this up. We'll get into an <laughs> intervention at a different time for you, but, you know. Damn. But uh, once again, thank you to Muller Brew Barn. Uh, we'll get into it more in Zach's reading of the can, but we are drinking the Pink Ribbon Girls Lemon Berry Shandy from, I'm sorry, Lemon Berry Radler. Not a shandy. It's a Radler. Yep. From Mole Brew Barn in uh, Maria Stein and Troy, Ohio. The Mac is back and in a big way. With almost 30 combined missed kicks and turnovers, Maction is fully back in the world. (laughs) The first game of the season was kind to a few Ohio teams, with Kent State, Miami of Ohio, and Toledo picking up their first win of the season. In other college football news, American power going to power as the Bearcats throttle Houston 38-10 to and drop in the polls as America shows their respect for the Americans. 
The Buckeyes were also able to continue in their winning ways, dealing a drubbing to the slightly on the up and up Rutgers Scarlet Knights, 49 to 27. And finally, in the MLS, FCC finishes up a second consecutive wooden spoon campaign with a two to one loss to Inter Miami. The crew, on the other hand, after a few disappointing finishes, bounced back in the finale with a big two to one win over Atlanta to get ready for the MLS Cup playoffs, securing the number three seed in the East. Uh, no word from either team in Ohio as the Bengals and the Browns both had bye weeks. So those are your OH headlines. Now we move into who you got this week's who you got. We're talking little college football playoff. Uh, all conferences now finally back. The MAC is back. The Pac-12 is back. So everybody back to playing football. Uh, so there's at least a little bit of tape out there on everybody. The first college football playoff rankings come out in just a little over a week, a week from Tuesday. So we wanted to get who you got for who are your top four teams. If you were making a decision, Josh, these are my playoff teams today. Number one, number two, number three, number four, and then your first two out. Who you got? Who you got? I hate to say this. It really pains me to say this. And remind, I remind you that we are talking as it stands currently. Yeah. And then also, just to give a quick roundup, we did have two top five teams drop this week. Yep. Clemson falling in South Bend to number four, Notre Dame. Clemson didn't have their starting quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. And then number five, Georgia falling to uh, Florida. So just right now, the AP top 25, the top 10 there, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas A&M, and Florida jumping over Cincinnati at seven. And then you got BYU, Miami, and the Fighting Hoosiers of Indiana at number 10. So Uh, just to give everybody kind of the better lead in. So now who you got? Well, uh, Notre Dame is my number one team right now, as much as I hate to say that. Whoa. Uh, Notre Dame's my number one. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Clemson. And sadly, like like I said, we're doing it as it stands right now. I've got Cincinnati at number five and Texas A&M at number six. Wow, okay. So Notre Dame is your number one team. I'm just going to take a stab based on a couple of the facial reactions and, and grunts from your side, Zach, that... You do not have Notre Dame as your number one. Oh, my team. God, no. No. Let's see if you even have them in the top four. Who you got? So I got Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. I get put them in the top four. Like you said, it's a snapshot in time. This isn't where I think it'll end up. Um, and then, you know, first two out, uh, I like Florida and UC next. Uh, next on the ballot, BYU, a little bit of a sleeper. That's, that's certainly an interesting thought. I wonder if anyone has them as a thought. Maybe someone does, maybe someone doesn't. My Are you throwing BYU in the top my four? top four. We'll get there. I've got to build up some, some suspense okay. here. All right. All right. Uh, so my number one team, I'm agreeing with Zach, saying that Alabama is my number one team. No Just brainer. the way they've Unless kind of beaten uh, everybody into the ground. Thick school over there. Yeah, you know, picking teams that barely beat Louisville. <laughs> Uh, number two, I'm picking the team that has 
I mean, them, Indiana, Northwestern, obviously, have been the class of the Big Ten. It's Ohio State at number two. Uh, have just showed more from a complete standpoint. I know the score versus both Penn State and Rutgers is a little bit deceiving because it was a lot of it was kind of like whatever points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So And they've shown that, you know, if some team gets back in against them, then they just send out Justin Fields and... Master Teague, you know, like, you know what? Hey, guys, go put another touchdown up there. Uh, at number three, I do have the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Undefeated is undefeated. Uh, did beat Clemson. Once again, a Clemson without, you know, Trevor Lawrence. But let their backup quarterback, DJ Uyangalele, kind of slash through that, nice. that defense. Nice. Got the pronunciation. Had to, had to get one out there. Uh, but they've shown that they're a top-four team, at least for now, even with some hiccups against, you know, Louisville and whatnot. And number four. I'm going with a team that hasn't lost yet, hasn't let BC bully them around, has allowed 13 or less points to every team that they've played aside of a blowout week one against Austin P, where their third stringers were in when Austin P scored. I'm going with Cincinnati Bearcats. I think the defense is good enough. I think the offense has shown a whole lot in the last couple weeks, and they are a team that is not just beating the teams on their schedule. They are absolutely them. rolling them and holding good offensive teams that could score against, you know, SEC teams and whatnot to basically nothing. My first two out, I've got Clemson, still Clemson, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I think if they went out, they could probably find a way in. And then number six, I think a lot of people are sleeping, They you know, late game on Friday night. But the way BYU looked against a good Boise State team on the road was nothing short of murder. I mean, they were beating them like 42 to 3 and just absolutely oh, rolling them. was an ass whooping on the blue turf. Just killing them. And I think, you know, probably Florida and Texas A&M are my next two teams, but Florida's looked up and down. You know, Texas A&M, week one, they beat a Vanderbilt team by five. Like, I, I don't trust either of those. My biggest, right. yeah, my biggest problem is it's like, you know, if a team like Cincinnati has to show it every week, then you're going to have to show it every week. If you're playing a team that would barely even hang in the, wouldn't even hang in the AAC in Vanderbilt and you can't beat them into the ground, that shows me just as much as you see, you know, putting whoever through a wall and right. them by 25. So I have Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Cincinnati as my top four. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Josh. Here's, here's where I'm coming. Number one? Number here's, one. Right Number now, one. Right now, I don't think they stay there. I wouldn't even probably probably give it till next week. But out of all those all of all those teams that we just just discussed, only, Bama. Only, I hate Bama, but I'm just saying they've looked impressive as any more impressive than anybody. Allowing 400 yards a game, you know that and, offense. All right. And and that's yeah, that offense is good. And while Notre Dame's offense hasn't always how many points good, did they put up? How many points did it? Notre Dame put up against Louisville's defense? Like yeah. twelve? Yeah, and I'm not talking I'm not talking about I'm not talking about yeah, Notre Dame's book. offense. Oh. But Notre Dame's defense, out of all the teams we just discussed, are the only defense that's allowing less than three hundred yards a game. And out of all the schools that have played more than five games, they're the sixth. You're best telling me you think right Ian now. Book against I, hate I don't know what's going on. With I hate Notre Dame. I'm just I know, I'm just saying that you're telling them, me Ian like, Book against even a Bama defense. Too. No, let's say this Ian Book going against Mac Jones. Or Justin Fields, that they have any shot. Like, I get Notre Dame's defense probably a little bit a step ahead, both their defenses right now, but I just think their quarterback play is out of this sure. world compared. And that, 
Sure, but until we see those games, until we see those games, I didn't know Josh was such a big secret Notre Dame fan. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It disgusts me to even have this debate and have to defend them. Well, I'm sure we'll get into our rankings, what we thought of last week's action, and a whole lot more in our next segment, where we do a full roundup of the last week of college football. But for right now, we have who you got. Who do you think is the best team? Would you say Bama's the best team? Would you say Notre Dame is? Would you say maybe Ohio State is? And do you think any of these non-power guys have a chance to make it? You know, you see dropping... Travesty. Dropping a spot in the poll after winning by 28 points. Do they really have a shot or do they not? Could you see the Cats or the Cougs from BYU dancing in the party at the end of the year? Let us know at 30 Racket Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, now we move into our college football roundup. And, of course, there's nowhere to start for a college football roundup quite like Ohio and quite like Maction. Maction, it just hits differently. Uh, like high school football. I mean, sometimes even sometimes, better. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes little glorified high school football. Sometimes even worse. Uh, looking at one of the probably more exciting games of the night, we have... Uh, a certain team that both of you guys, I believe, picked to, to win the MAC in the OU Bobcats, falling to Central Michigan uh, Chippewas. 30 to 27 in a game that featured missed extra points, turnovers, turnovers on downs, and a, um, an electrical outage that caused the team to take halftime with about a minute and a half left, then come back out, play the last minute and 30 seconds after halftime. Then start the second half. So just love it, love it. That's beautiful action. They should just start taking halftime whenever both teams like, yeah, we'll take a break. Yeah, we're we're just kind of tired. Already know. (laughs) So you know, a game that uh, you know, you look at it was twenty to twenty at halftime. You have about seven punts, three turnovers on downs, a missed field goal, a fumble. It's I mean, it's pure action. You look at Ohio, you know, a team that. Certainly showed some poise. Did have the two kind of quarterback system going out. Uh, Curtis Rourke, 12 of 19, 231 yards and two touchdowns. But on the other side, you got the thick boy himself, Daniel Richardson for Central Michigan, who has an absolute rocket of an arm, 23 of 41, 243 yards and a touchdown. Josh, we'll start with you. Did you have any big takeaways from this first weekend of action? Uh, yeah, I was disappointed to see uh, that the Bobcats lost there, but you know what was exciting and totally uh, defended us on our dark horse pick was the Red Hawks pulling it off at the end. And I said it might always be pretty, and they're going to be slinging it out there and everything, but they got the win, and it was a quite the exciting night in Oxford. Yeah, the Red Hawks uh, you know, came back from down a little bit and uh, were actually able to force a pick at the very end of the game um, off Ball State to get themselves to 1-0. So the Red Hawks trending in the right direction. Uh, Bobcats struggling a little bit. But, uh, uh, Zach, yeah. what, were your, uh, what was your big takeaway from you know first me, uh, week of action? Southeast Ohio boy myself, you know, big Bobcat guy. Uh, I think, uh, you know, disappointing. Um, OU always struggles with Central Michigan, though. On the road, I, you know, 
They lost two fumbles. You know, I think that's a that's a big part of it right there. Those are drive killers, obviously. I, I don't I'm not backing off my pick from it. And I think they no. found a quarterback in uh Nate Rourke's hand better Curtis Rourke. So I think he looked pretty good um from you know what we've seen. So still feeling good. Um that's the Mac though. No one goes undefeated. This this conference just eats each other up. Yeah, it's it's zany. And one of those, you know, that I just want to give a quick shout out, uh of course, the Red Hawks have Blaine Gabbert's uh, younger brother, Brett Gabbert, who got hurt in the first half. Uh, you know, Red Hawks went down, but A.J. Mayer, um, you know, filled in and filled in admirably. Once they started to get the offense going, he was 16-24 for 212 yards and three touchdowns. So a lot of good stuff from the Ohio teams in the MAC. Yeah. Whether you're starting, you know, 1-0 or 0-1, as long as you're not Bowling Green or Akron. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, yeah. They both. Uh, I mean, no surprise. Akron shot the better. We're Bowling Green. Yeah, they both got whooped. Otherwise, pretty competitive games. Um, maybe besides the Buffalo game, a little bit there too. But yeah, that one was wild. I think Buffalo had three straight defensive touchdowns. So really, certainly an interesting game from from that side. Uh, going from the MAC to the Power Five. Uh, Zach, overall thoughts mm-hmm. on your Buckeyes this weekend. Getting a comfortable win over a Rutgers team, yeah. but you know when you see Ohio State play Rutgers, you're more used to seeing like sixty-six to three oh, yeah. than you are to see um, forty-nine to twenty-seven. Yeah, I think uh, Rutgers already shown that they're a little bit different team. Not, not you know, not a middle of the level, but you know, Shiano's already brought a little bit of the attitude. You, there, they seem a little more together. They than, seem like actually a big 10 team. yeah they, they they know how to play football um it this was a hard game i mean i think ohio state had their period of dominance where all phases they looked you know like a top top three top four team and they were up 35 to three at halftime right um you know other you know second half i would like to see him finish better um that that was a bit of concern but i think it's hard when obviously they lost a lot of people in the secondary even some of the guys coming back and you know linebacking and everything's kind of switched positions. Uh, and I've never seen a team come in, and other teams will probably try this, so they better be ready. But I mean, Rutgers didn't just throw the kitchen sink; they threw the the pantries, the cupboard, the living room at them. They ran all sorts of trick they threw plays. The whole yeah, <laughs> so I think that's kind of hard, you know, to really get an idea. Um, they did what they had to do. You know, they still won by 22. Try not to be an Ohio State fan. We tend to, even when we win 62 to nothing, be like, ugh. You know, it was a good win. Uh, secondary still got questions. Uh, they need to be right for Maryland. So I think there was enough bad things that the coaches can come in this week and kick some ass and keep them prepared for, you know, not, not to look past Maryland. Yeah, and I think that was my exact thought is, you know, Rutgers tried to do everything, and I think that's how they had some success. Plus, Ohio State was up by enough. They were doing these weird onside kicks yeah kicks fake puns fake trick plays i'd never even seen before i was like what i think the one thing that you know you can say once again you can hang your hat on as a buckeye fan i mean justin fields was incredible you know five touchdowns four incompletions uh i think the one nice thing is you're finally getting that two-headed monster you were expecting early in the year you know trey sermon 12 carry 68 yards almost six yards of carry he had been kind of disappointing early in the year oh yeah so nice to see it, him it's kind of getting there it and i think the big inconsistency on the offense and i'm not worried about it though is you even saw against records there were a few drives there where the line didn't seem like they were in sync and you know some blockers just got 
wide open white through. As soon as they're, they're getting there, as soon as they get consistency, you'll see the run game pick up a little bit too, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, next week will definitely be an interesting... That'll be... College Park's always been a nightmare for us. Yeah, and you've seen, um, you know, you've seen the last two weeks, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, the younger brother Mm -hmm. of Tua, um, you know, has been good his last two games, has been slinging the ball around. You know, the only team that he struggled against was, you know, the one one of the teams in the Big Ten that hasn't allowed any points in the second half this year in the Northwestern Wildcats defense. Just wanted to make sure you oh, hey, Just wanted hey, to make sure you this whole This whole conference is upside down right now. I don't really know what to think of Ohio State's start overall. Is Penn State really that bad? Um, you know, we'll, They'll play Indiana, who hopefully will be ranked, so that'll help with Michigan seeming to uh, tank as normal. Um, well, earlier than normal, but... Yeah, so we'll certainly be interesting... Josh, going over from Central Ohio to Southwest Ohio, you know, we've mentioned it early. Cincinnati, with a pretty solid win, I don't think they, like, you know, blew anyone's mind with a win, but just a solid defensive effort. Got it done on offense. When they needed touchdowns, they got it. You know, more than covered the spread against Houston in a 38-10 to 10 win, but still continue to drop in the, you know, drop in the polls after a four touchdown win, which is something that's just kind of mind boggling and really disappoints you as a Cincinnati fan that thinks they could have any shot, you know, in the playoff. Right, like, because, you know, you're going into this week and you saw the shakeup with teams losing in front and behind you and kind of all around you, and you just keep winning by multiple scores and hardly not allowing really a lot of yardage or a lot of points. They allow the second fewest uh, points in the country of teams that have played more than five games. I, it's, yeah, it's almost like, what do you, what do you need to do? I mean, they're, I've, I've, I can't find it. I've been looking for it, but I saw what their, uh, their point differential was yeah. on the year, and it's insane. It's just like, how badly do you need to blow these teams out? And, you know, you've played ranked opponents. I, what do you need to do? I, 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 one and, and maybe if it wasn't Florida and A and M that jumped them, I'd feel differently about it. But I mean, Florida's been shake. While well, both Florida and A and M have had an impressive win here or there, they've also had like bad games. UC hasn't. And had I a question bad how game. good Georgia really is. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. I mean, Georgia's out of the question now. I think. Well, I meant like that was Florida's oh, right. big win this oh, week, right. and I'm like, well, yeah. were they really a top right. five team? I don't know. Right. So it's just like, what do you need to do? I just think it's. I just think it's a little ridiculous. I mean. They're allowing a touchdown and a field goal per game right now, and they're hanging right with Ohio State and Alabama and scoring oh, 40 yeah. points per I game. I think for a uh, group of five team, though, it's, it's got it's a whole body. We won't know. I think next Tuesday, not this coming one, the following one, will be a big indicator of where UC sits. I don't right. trust the AP half the time. They're, all, they're almost as bad as the coaches poll half the time. These guys don't All right, now once attention. we get the college football playoff poll coming out, I think that you're right. We'll see things a little differently, but... Yeah, I mean, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. They can't let that get to their heads or anything like that. Yeah. I do have a question for you I'm curious. You know, obviously Ritter's having a pretty solid year. Um, any worry, though, in the passing? Like, do we, we need to get a little bit of movement there? Or do you think he is what he is, and this is where we're at, and this, we're going to ride this out? I think he's looked better passing yeah. the ball in the last couple weeks. I think the one thing that worries me the most is – there have been some injuries, you know, in the wide receiver room. I know Alec Pierce has only played, like, two games, and he's been there deep. I mean, like, the one quarter he played, he had, like, a 50-yard touchdown mm-hmm. reception. So I think some of it is is being able to throw the ball, which I think he's done a better job at. But I think 
the one thing that Cincinnati's kind of realized is, you know, you get things settled with Ritter or, you know, Ritter and Jared Dokes running the ball. You kind of get the team thinking run a lot, and then it helps to create some easier passes for Ritter. And I think that's one of the things that Mike Denbrock, who I've had tons of issues with as the UC offensive coordinator, has actually done a better job at because the offense has actually looked more complete, and it's been a team that the offense has actually gotten better as the game went on, which is very important because, you know, you look at a lot of the times, it's like, all right, you get through your 10 plays, and then your team falls apart. They've actually been the opposite where it's like, they take a little bit of time to probe, and then they start to put in some adjustments, mm-hmm. and they've been very good in the second half. And I think, too, this year you've got they've got an explosiveness to them where you can like you can rely on them having at least one to two big plays per drive. I mean, you look at their receiving core as banged up as it has been. You've got you've got five to six guys that have had plays of at least thirty yards or more. Mm. Um, You've got uh, half that half that receiving room is averaging uh, double digits, which is what you want. And in years past, has been one of the things about the passing game that you don't see for them. Right now, I think they have the ability to have that explosive play, not only in the run game, but uh, or on the pass game, but in the run game as well. Mm-hmm. But they, like I said, they just got to keep plugging along. They don't need to worry about the rankings right yep. now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm very interested to see what the college football playoff does with them and uh, BYU. Yeah. That'll yeah, be I mean, very telling on what work they need to do, where they're at. Or, I think, you know, I don't think this will be the case, but, you know, I mean, I mean if it, they come out, you know, like eight or nine somehow, that's pretty, yeah, that's going to be pretty tough. Then you're definitely behind the yeah. eight ball because I think probably not much you can do. Yeah, you've shown, chaos. yeah, you've kind of shown that, you know, even if one of these teams loses again, then it's like, who really cares? And yeah. you kind of set yourself up that you might be behind, like, you know, right now I think A and M because of the reshuffle is somehow in the SEC East, but Alabama's in the West and yeah. whatnot. So it could be one of those things where you know Florida and A and M are both up there. Whichever team doesn't go to uh, Atlanta for the SEC championship could get the nod over UC, and it's just it's one of those things that's difficult. You know, you understand as a UC fan, you have zero room for error. You have to beat every team, and you know. You can't have any huge hiccups where it's like, you know, they play ECU who they're favored by, you know, 25 points next week. Right. They can't play a close game against ECU. Right. They can't show any sign of weakness. And I think that's one of the tough things is they have to play almost a perfect schedule. And then right. even then you're still. Well, and the schedule's looking iffy now because you, right. you had the Tulsa game, which at the time was a big ticket game. And that got postponed from COVID. Tulsa's recent game this week with Navy also got postponed because of COVID with Navy. Um, so now that, you know, undefeated's in the conference matchup that was postponed and moved to the, as the season finale, how large does that loom now, if at all? I mean, Tulsa's also got SMU coming up. SMU's still ranked. How, you know, how, how are you going to get help from within the conference? And I think that's up in the air right now for them. So, I mean, they just have to do what they got to do. Got to roll, everybody. Yep. And see what happens. Yeah, I guess that'll be the real question. Do you think Cincinnati has a shot? Do you think they're just playing for a New Year's Six Bowl? And uh, do you think there'll be any hiccups in the rest of the schedule? Because I think if you look at both Ohio State and Cincinnati, you're looking at teams that should finish the year undefeated. But uh, let us know. Oh, do yeah. you think the Cats and the Buckeyes will finish the season undefeated? Let us know at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And now, Zach's reciting of the con. A delightfully pink beer, a flavor burst of lemons and berries, low bitterness and easy drinking. We're proud to support those in the fight against breasts and gynecological cancers. Pink ribbon girls, guys. Pink ribbon girls. I'm Pink glad, ribbon girls. You know, we talked about uh, there were a couple breweries in Ohio right now doing some uh, benefits for uh, cancer research, and uh, this is certainly a unique beer. and certainly gets the uh, the pink across. Oh, yeah, Pink definitely. can, pink beer, uh, and a, it's a, refreshing, fun can. Refreshing, a refreshing one at that. You'll notice it at the store. The oh, that's right. Yeah. The, the cooler. Yeah. Right the you've, got the, you've got the, the pink can with the big lemon and blueberries. Oh, yeah. It. So if you're not... You might want to get your eyes checked. You can't pick this one out. So, so you. Who? You. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Me? But no, uh, yeah, I mean... And if that's not your first sign, the big lemon and uh, blueberries, that this is uh, not your average beer... Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 different. Um, it's very refreshing, and uh, I enjoy it. I'm I warming up. I'm warming I'm up. I'm warming to up it. to it. It did it, it, yeah. take a shock to the system. It, yeah, for a it was minute. like, oh, I this do is like different. It, though. But yeah, it's enjoyable. It's very light. I actually like it better than the shandy too. You don't get the yeah. And you you could put a few of these like boys that, back like on a warm summer's day. Like lemonade taste almost in it. Yeah. Well, as they say on the can, it says no one travels this road alone, and we're traveling the road of trying this new beer, and we encourage you to go out. Try some pink ribbon girls, lemon berry radler. Boo, you tried Five to tie it in. <laughs> All right, guys, we're uh, rattling along here in the show as we drink this. Ding! Point. Thank you. Molar Brew Barn Radler. Um, it is uh, it's quite tasty, but I'm going to tell you about some other things brewing in Ohio. Uh, normally... I would do a little read from our friends at ohiocraftbeer.org. You can find them on social media at ohiocraftbeer. But this week, this weekend, I kind of just did like a uh, Ohio-cation, if you will. Uh, went to uh, many spots in the great state. Stopped at many breweries. Did a little trip down the Cuyahoga River in Akron. Hit uh, five, six different breweries there. We went to uh, Mad Cap. Missing Mountain, MacArthur's, which is just like this tiny little brewery, but they have the best dark beers there. Uh, Hi Ho, and then uh, the Ohio, the Ohio Brewing Company, which was a cool little place. Is that not trademarked? Falls. I, I don't know. <laughs> they tried. They tried. They wouldn't let it. Uh, and then on our way back, the courts aren't with us either. I had mentioned this to you guys when you were driving out that way. It's a little off the beaten path. Oh yeah, we did. Fresno, Ohio. The Wooly Pig Farm Brewery. Yeah. It's the coolest thing in the world, man. Like, Was it? It's just, well, it's out there, first off. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we looked it up through. on the way, and we're like, half ah, 45 minutes. Well, and we uh, drove just on the back roads from there to Columbus, basically, and mm -hmm. we, were, we were out there, man. Uh, beautiful, beautiful rolling hills of backcountry Ohio. Of Fresno, Ohio. Of Fresno, of Ohio. Yes, sir. Um, but... Uh, it's a very like German brewery. Um, they have a lot of German beers there um, and stay very true to the traditional German style. Um, and they are huge into sustainability there. They've like recycled everything. Um, even their barrels are made from uh, wood from a collapsed building that was oh, on wow. the farm. It's a 90 acre farm. Uh, it's it's awesome. The pigs there, they have pigs, obviously, I would, woolly pigs. I would assume. <laughs> um, and if you, uh, at 30 Rack of Sports on Instagram and our Facebook, uh, you can see the Papa Pig 
Um, they had some baby piglets there as well, right off to the side of the brewery. Well, that might be where I can get my wife to go. Yeah, I yeah, had some adorable the, little oh, yeah. piglets. They've got brewery dogs, too, that are running around. Oh, wow. Um, it's also just a beautiful place. Um, and the rolling hill where the pigs are mm-hmm. kind of overlooks the whole brewery, so you can just see them. They're big things, but they move, man. They come sprinting down that hill. Really? And the Papa Pig, that thing was enormous. I, we need to put that on an offensive line. Somewhere, I, Cleveland can have him, or we'll take him. We'll, we need you help need in him, Cincinnati. Yeah, you might need Put him. that pig on the front line, and nothing's nothing's getting past him. But it was a really cool brewery, and I did pick up uh, some beer from there that we will have on the show in the coming weeks. Nice. Um, speaking of beers, uh, coming to our show in a couple of weeks, we're we got a lot of stuff. Greg's out of fridge room. Yeah. So uh, need to invest in another one yeah, for the got, podcast. We've well, some... if any refrigerator distributor <laughs> wants to sponsor the show, send a fridge to Greg's place. I'll, I'll get a tattoo on my hand. I don't even care. Get a free fridge. Oh, I'd love to see that. Do I have to pick the tattoo? Nope. Yeah, nope. check out any of those breweries again. Madcap, Missing Mountain, MacArthur's, Hi-Ho, Ohio, and the Wooly Pig Farm Brewery. Um, and yeah, be, be looking... Uh, so these next couple episodes, I think we've got like two months worth of beers. We've got some Christmas ales coming up. We've got like a smoked porter in there, yeah. black lagers, uh, a lot of cool stuff coming up. So that is what's brewing in Ohio. All right. And for our next segment, we got a little bit of a, some hell yeah or hell nah. Um, a little bit of an expanded segment. More than we do normally, we'll throw out a question and uh, or a statement, I should say. Everybody goes around and gives... Mostly just a hell yeah, hell no, we move on. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a longer conversation, but we're talking recent first-round quarterbacks. Uh, there's several different situations around the league that are uh, kind of brought to mind this week. QB development, why do the same franchises continue to struggle to develop and find a starting quarterback? Yeah, didn't you say you kind of came to this segment realization when there was a story out like, hey, is this a 10-game tryout for Tua? Oh, exactly. That's so yeah. maybe... You know, that, they have some draft picks from some not great teams, so if they wanted to try to get one of those top quarterbacks again. Exactly. Yeah, They. Uh, in case you didn't hear, Adam Schefter reported earlier this week uh, per a source high in the uh, Dolphins' uh, decision-making clan uh, stated that uh, this was like kind of a 10-game audition for Tua. Brian Flores obviously addressed that and being the coach that he is, tip of the cap to him, by the way, really turned that ship around, completely disregarded that, and said that's not true, but um, got me thinking. And so, guys, I guess we'll get jump right in. We'll start with Tua. Um, is, is that true? Do you think he's auditioning? You know, the Dolphins have uh, Houston's first-round pick as well next draft. Uh, you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, do you buy that, or do you think Brian Flores is right? That's n- not, not a chance. Josh, you want to jump in? I'm going to lean, and I'm going to lean here. Hell nah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dolphins are in an interesting position and have been for the past two years or so where they have compiled a ridiculous amount of picks, um, and some of them being very hot commodities um, in these coming drafts. So could they do it and have the room to do that and have the like margin of error there to – like? It not be a huge deal, sure. But do I think they would risk that with someone like Tua? Hell no. Really? Greg? Uh, I'm going to lean hell no as well. I think the one thing that you have to realize with Tua especially is 
He's coming off an injury. Short pretty gruesome pre- injury. Yeah, pretty yeah. gruesome injury. Shortened preseason, so he didn't get any of the reps. So, like, a lot of these rookies, you got to kind of, you know, take things with, with tempered expectations. And I think the other thing that Miami's shown is they've been able to be patient, build a team the right way. They, at least under Flores, they haven't really been, like, a knee-jerk team. They got their guy at their spot. You know, they've been talking about wanting to get Tua for a while. So unless he implodes in 10 games, which, you know, even looking from his second game to his first game has shown decent progression even then, you know, 20 of 28, uh, 248 yards and two touchdowns against the Cardinals. So I think Tua still has a lot to show, and I don't think this is a tryout because him, like the rest of the team, is still a work in progress. I'm going to say, hell yes, this is a tryout. It is an audition. few reasons. One thing I want to point out, no doubt I think what Brian Flores said is right from his standpoint. They're wanting to develop. He's he's trained, you know, he's the coach. He thinks this week. um, But you're telling me the management isn't sitting there thinking. Because I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick lit the world on fire, but he's a veteran guy. He's been in these situations. And he genuinely seemed blindsided by getting benched. Um, that's that's fair. That's, and you know what I'm yeah. saying? And maybe he did in some weird way just get his hopes up, but it didn't seem like he was well aware that that was the direction they were going. I think they want to it to succeed. I agree with Flores. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler. But I think if you're telling me that management wasn't sitting there saying, we got two first-round picks, and let's not take some of the rumors that he, Lawrence might not want to play for the Jets. Well, who would have enough draft capital to move up? I'm just saying I think they wanted to know what they got, and I agree I think if he makes, and he showed it tonight, another step forward, if he keeps making that, no, they would rather use those picks on other needs. But if he were to shit the bed, have another big injury, yeah, I think that could change very quickly. I think that's fair. I think, I guess maybe going in and saying, you know, whether or not you'll think he'd succeed is kind of a different story. But I think also some of it is at this point, you know, see what you got with him because at that point also it may affect you know with Tua what kind of team you're going to have and affect what kind of draft picks you get I think the one question that you're going to have is you know the Texans picked up their second win there are definitely some not great teams on their schedule Uh, going forward so you think maybe pick up another couple wins and there are some very bad teams like the Jets and the Jaguars there that you know, maybe looking for quarterbacks. So probably you would have to use both of those draft picks yeah. on a quarterback after already using your first round pick. On I don't think they so. want to do it. And we'll get to this situation too, but I really think the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, that was a little different Arizona with the change at the top, which kind of precipitated, I think a lot of that, but the idea that when you draft the quarterback in the first round, like it used to be the general managers never want to admit they were wrong, right? They right. rode those guys for years, even when you knew it wasn't going to happen. I think Arizona doing that has kind of started teams to start thinking, well, screw it. If we have another early pick, right. we could do that if like, we decide we don't, he's not the guy. I think your analysis is spot on on the like, Dolphins' front office and like, their capabilities to do it. And if we were talking about a different quarterback, maybe, but like, mm. like Greg, you're saying, like, I mean, his completion percentage is, is oh, where I'm it not, needs yeah. to be right now. He's, I think, making do with what they have there right now. If this was someone that wasn't showing those signs, yeah, 
um, certain Cowboys backups, <laughs> um, then yeah, then I think yeah, you start looking at that because they yeah. they definitely have the capability to pull it off. Yeah, and no. not every team, but. To your point, though, not every team has that ability, but they are still doing it anyways. I mean, look at Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to him. So, yeah, no, I think ultimately I agree with you guys. I don't think they want to, but I do think it is insane to think that it's not in some way. Right. An audition. Um, going to Tua's new S or a new uh, ASC East foe, Sam Darnold, obviously been with the Jets. Um, he has been up and down, as the Jets, we all know, is a uh, complete bonfire of an organization, kind of like their uh, other counterpart, the Mets in New York. Um, Happy sale. Hell yeah. Hell nah, guys. Sam Darnold is week one starter for the Jets in the 2021 season. Greg? Um, I'm going to say hell nah. I think... Unfortunately for Sam Darnold, I think he's played all right, but I think he's been in some difficult situations, some difficult systems, you know, back and forth. He's shown, I mean, he was 7-6 and six as a starter last year, you know, 0-6 oh this year, but right. he showed some fight as, you know, the, the quarterback of the Jets certainly turns the ball over too much, but I think he's just going to be one of those guys that they're going to be so bad, and there are... So many issues on that team, you know, pretty much no weapons, not a whole lot of offensive firepower. And I think it's going to be one of those things where you have to sell your team on something. And also you have a coach and a general manager that didn't pick Darnold. So they don't have that kind of, as you said yeah. earlier, hey, I'm, you know, I'm right with this guy. So I think, unfortunately, he might be a casualty of that. And if he starts, maybe it would just be, him to start while the other player, you know, while Lawrence sits behind him. But I think if you have Lawrence, you start him right away. I would say Darnold might be a sneaky backup quarterback choice for a team with a, you know, with a decent veteran. Kind of like, uh, you know, what the Saints have done the last couple of years where they have like Teddy yeah. and Jameis exactly. and whatnot. Stop a guy high. that's capable, but, you know, also, you know, you look at guys like Teddy and Jameis, some of the offensive systems they were in before Sean Payton. You know, get a guy that it's like, hey, let me teach you how to play quarterback. You can sit behind Drew Brees for a year, and then we'll see what happens. So yeah. I think that's that would definitely be an interesting spot for him. But I don't really see any way that Donald's back with the Jets next so, year. He's no. out. I think Jet, what do you want to uh, say? Yeah, I, I, for all of those same reasons, hell, yeah. hell nah. Um, I, he, yeah, he's gotten better. I've never really thought he was, you know, all that great to begin with. Um, but, no, but, didn't buy the hype. And, yeah, he, he just has never had – that next step up, that next senior quarterback to be able to, like, go under someone's yeah. wing. He's just kind of been, like, thrown to so many fires. And, yeah, it, not going to happen. I really wanted to say hell yeah, just because I do think Lawrence does. We'll see. Nothing's come out about that, I, but I, you know, from the camp itself. But I do think uh, I could see Lawrence really pushing out to play for the Jets and force him into a position. You know, they probably have to move back, potentially. But Lawrence has been a guy that has, you know, been more outspoken about oh he's been vocal yeah i I think think it'd be interesting normally i'm someone that tries to shut down these rumors because a lot of times it's a quarterback bs yeah well no a lot of times it's been the browns are near the top of the draft they say hey should these teams (laughs) should these players not want to play for the browns thankfully they're not as much of a dumpster fire so we don't have to worry about that anymore but but i couldn't get myself to say that because i think one even if florence doesn't want to 
what do they do? They trade back with, you know, who we were talking about before, you know, another team potentially they could get one of the other two quarterbacks. Uh, the big question why I say that is, you know, through 32 games, you know, he's thrown for six, a little over six, nine hundred yards, 39 TDs, 32 picks. The big thing for yeah. me is usually those stats you can throw away. The team is so bad. I don't care how bad your team is, though. 59% completion percentage so far for your career. I, I can't get past that. I can get over the interceptions, maybe lack of overall production, but you don't, you know, you can't complete the ball. Like, that's... Yeah, uh, I'd say that plus the interceptions. The well, interceptions yeah, are those are bad, me. but you can sometimes yeah. say he's just trying to make something happen with a bad roster, right, but right. I... And the other thing you have to kind of look at is, you know, sometimes you'll see these guys that are near the 60% range, but they're a little mm. bit more gunslingers where they get, you know, but his yards per, like this year, oh, his yeah. average yards per attempt have dropped from, you know, like six to six and a half his Which first couple of years that's to below. four and a half this year. Yeah, that's So, you know, he's averaging 175 yards a game. I understand it's a dumpster fire for him he's getting sacked nine percent of the time behind that offensive line it's bad but the whole roster is bad. but there's nothing in his statistics that leads me to think well if something was a little bit better you know there are really think he could be a you know a franchise guy there are certain times where you know people say well maybe just a new environment would help but i think with the way the jets have been and adam gase and everything has been I think a new situation and maybe a situation, you know, you were kind of hoping for that with Rosen, but like, especially for Darnold, yeah. a situation where he can be behind a, you know, a solid quarterback in the system, honestly, like, you know, Pittsburgh or New Orleans where they've had the same coach and, you know, a similar system stability. for years, some yeah. sort of stability, because you see a lot of these teams, they go from, you know, in unstable to unstable like josh rose and you just oh like, yeah who even knows at this point you know mentally it's where like, he's it's at. Like, it was like ryan Tannehill in miami it's like i don't know if this guy's good because every other year he's hurt or has a new offensive coordinator right because i think you know some of these guys have had as many offensive coordinators as they've had years in the league it's like how do you develop under that? well and it's like look at Tannehill now yep. you know he's he's not he's not a superstar quarterback or anything, no, but, but g- given the right system he's and the right protection, yeah, yeah, he can at least oh, be I the agree. team leader, the offensive leader. I, and I think Darnell, I agree. I think the more stability he could flourish. Right. Um, moving on to Sam Darnold's uh, SoCal College uh, competition at XUCLA quarterback. We're talking about Josh Rosen. Uh, will Rosen get another opportunity at a starting job in the NFL? What do you think, Ooh. Josh? We'll start with you. Hell yeah, hell nah. My gut here is hell nah, be, just because because of all because of why we're having this conversation. You know, when when a guy gets just, you can only be fed to so many fires and be thrown all around the loop. And I think you just said, Greg, like mentally, it's just like where's this quarterback at? Like, at oh this yeah, point? Um, and 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 what what really do you have to go on to make a decision there? And to me, I think there's just going to be way more better options out there to where you can look at someone who's fresh or you can look at this guy who's been bobbled around right. for a couple of years and you really, don't, you really don't know what you're going to get. Right. Greg? Hell no. All right. So you ready for me to put on the tinfoil cap? Yeah. Putting on the tinfoil Yeah, put it on. Doing a little bit of conspiracy theories over here. Uh, so... Josh Rosen right now, a lot of people know he was in Arizona and then was in Miami last year. Right. Where is he currently? Well, I, yep, he's, he's Tampa on the Tampa Bay practice squad. He's on the Tampa Bay practice squad. And 
you look a lot of times you have, you know, new head coaches in new areas and they want maybe a guy that has worked under them for a while, especially if they're starting a rookie quarterback, maybe one of these, you know, Jets or Giants or something. Well, Giants just hired a new guy, but, you know, Jets or Jacksonville where they're kind of starting in a new situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want a guy that's been in the system to kind of run things for a while before maybe they started Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Well, a hot name for head coaching jobs has been offensive coordinator of Tampa Bay, former Marshall Thundering Herd star Byron Lefwich. Oh, Herd? So, uh, Herd? Herd? You heard? You heard with so, Herd? Just heard. Potentially, maybe he brings Rosen in. He has a chance to at least get a backup job or you know, maybe against the young guy, compete for a day one starting job. I think the one big problem that you've had with Rosen is I remember seeing a stat, I think it was five or six straight years. Well, I guess now it's six straight years. His three years in the NFL and his last three years in college, he's had six different offensive coordinators. Oh, yeah. And it's like he hasn't even thought about, you know, getting to anywhere near success. Now, of course, he'll have to do better than a 54, you know, 55% completion percentage. Yeah. You know, his yards per attempt are four and a half for his career. But he's a guy that gets sacked almost 11% of the time. I don't think he's been in any situation to be successful. Uh, You know, the Steve Wilkes, his first year, I Steve Wilkes was the D.C. of the Browns the year after. Doesn't know what the heck's going on. That Brian Flores era was just him trying to figure out what the heck he's got in a roster. So Rosie was kind of a casualty of that. I think he can still have something, so I'll say, hell yeah, he has a chance, but I still have not a whole lot of faith that he'll be anything I'm not saying will like be a star. I'm saying get a legitimate starter. opportunity yeah. where he goes into yeah, camp yeah, yeah. as a... Okay, I'm going to say hell yeah for kind of echoing off Greg a little bit on some of those situations, you know. Now, granted, a few things dogged him, right? I don't think his performance at UCLA ever really lived up to the hype. Two, there's always been a question about passion. He's apparently from a rich family. People question, yeah, he likes football. Does he love it? Is he in there at 6 a.m.? And maybe he wasn't. Um, but I think there's going to be a team, you know, we'll see how long Brady plays. I don't know. Like, you know, who's going to have an older quarterback or hasn't yet found one but yet aren't getting up high enough in the draft that's going to say, hey, especially after their year tutoring under Leftwich, who's very well respected in the league, and Brady. You know, he's learning from Brady in practice. And if Brady likes him, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I'm saying is I think I could see a team next year who wasn't able to get you know one of the higher picks you know for quarterback being like, yeah, here you go. Here's an opportunity. You're competing for the starting job. I could see that. And you've kind of seen that in you know regular places. A lot of these higher teams, they'll either kind of, uh, you know, a lot of times they'll have their backups as like, their fifth round draft pick out of, you know, Saginaw Valley State. And then like an undrafted or, guy or something. Yeah. Or they have a guy like I remember Ryan Mallett was the backup for right. the Patriots oh, for a while. Because he got like thrown to the side and the yeah. Patriots are like, I mean, yeah, he was high highly recruited. Like we'll at least get him into, you know, for a year, see what's up. And then they were like, all right, we're we're good with Ryan Mallett. But, you know, maybe a team tries to have him as a backup or something in one of those situations. Exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, it'd be his last shot. Oh I man, I think he's then nice, but I think somebody's gonna see an opportunity like, what the hell not? He was a yeah. highly recruited guy. He obviously has some talent. Maybe he's picked up some things. He was not had a rough start to his, uh, his career. So, yeah. All right, moving on to the old Dwayne train, the old uh, dumpster fire up in Washington. Uh, you know, Haskins, 
in another tough spot. Uh, kind of another guy, you know, r- trade deadline came and go. Rumor was he was uh, Washington put him up. Uh, yeah, I was he was just he drafted. Uh, not this past draft, 2019 draft, first round, 15th overall. Um, Greg, is the Dwayne Train era done already in D.C.? Hell yeah. I mean, he's he's gone. He's gone. Ron Rivera, like, apparently hates his guts. Oh, yeah. Like, he, I mean, when you go from first to third string like that, like, you saw Kyle Allen out there. There have been a lot of questions about, you know, his effort, just like they said about Rosen, putting in the time, you know, trying. And I think a lot of people expected him, you know, a lot of Ohio State fans, it's all expected him to be more of a project. Mm-hmm. So that could be kind of an issue. I think the one problem with trading him is I think a lot of times when you have those former first rounders, you're like, well, maybe we can get a second or a third rounder. And yeah, I, don't I don't know what any, the price was. I'd be I don't intrigued think to hear what that was. was. No. Offering like more than a six rounder or anything. Because oh, I know not. for whatever, well, I guess because of the Ohio State, you know, kind of crossover, I know there were some random Cleveland message boards that were like, hey, bring him back to Ohio. And it's like, we, I don't know. He's a project. Yeah, it's he's a project. He's one of those guys that, you know, I mean, we're running out of situations, but get a place where they have a decent quarterback in there and, you know, have someone, you know, get him in the building, maybe behind like a Mahomes or something like that. And yeah. So he can actually learn how to play quarterback, maybe get a guy that has a great work ethic to try to keep him around. But Or a head coach who wants him. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. That too. Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron is not rolling the Well, I mean, on Dwayne Hatch. Jay Gunn or Jay Gundy. <laughs> Jay Gruden as well did not want him. No, so yeah, Gruden really didn't like him. He came into a real bad situation. Josh, what do you think? Um, yeah, hell yeah. It's over in D.C. Um, but, I mean, to your guys' so point, hell, yeah. hell yeah, it's over. Yeah. Um, but I, to your guys' point, Dwayne Haskins also has to want it. Like, we talked about that with a couple of these other guys. And as you know, Dwayne Haskins does not come to play school. Dwayne Haskins comes. That's Cardale Jones, that's, son. That's Cardale Jones. But Boo, still, you're done. You're time same to same <laughs> school of thought, I guess. You know, he's uh, got a same school of thought. <laughs> he's got to want it too, you know. Like, um, but but yeah, I was disappointed in the way Washington just kind of handled that whole thing in general. It's just like you really don't. It's not like this other option you had was the this glaring success. Has Kyle Allen been decent? Sure, but. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like it's well, not. Well, now like he's what... gonna have to be the backup because Kyle Allen, you know, tough injury dislocating his ankle. So right. now it's gonna be Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins, and it's like it's quite the quarterback room there. You're gonna have to figure out something because I, you know, I mean, glad to see the Alex Smith success story I, coming back. But yeah. you gotta wonder if he's you know durability issues, and it's like, well, great. Now you're gonna have to dink dunk and dime your way down there i don't think probably, offense can do it who probably doesn't trust the coaching staff anymore the coaching staff doesn't trust him it was basically just you know ownership that wanted haskins so it turns into kind of an ugly situation i think it's it's, it's incredibly ugly i agree hell nah he needs or yeah hell yeah sorry figure out how i phrased the question yes the Dwayne train air is done and i'm sure he's like praying to fucking god and like you said and they're like the epitome of what completely fucking up a development plan of a quarterback everybody knew he was a project he has all the intangible size arm strength ability to, you know he can make every throw but he only started you know 12 games at ohio state or 13 um 
you know, he, yeah, and he's coming from not necessarily, he's not like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's coming out of Joe Brady system, which was a very NFL-ready system. Right. He had two years to start. He under, He came in with a little higher knowledge level. And I've heard the rumors, and I'm sure there's part of that. But we haven't really heard any 100% dis- sure issues on what they mean by he's not putting in the work. I don't know what that means necessarily. Right. Um, I think when you come into a situation where, yeah, Jay Gruden didn't fucking want him, and he made that known. Uh, and then Ron Rivera, who I don't trust to handle anybody's quarterbacks ever, who had one good year in Carolina and is riding off on that. Um, yeah, but you can't restart him, right? You start on last seven games last year. Everybody's talking, right? He's got a leash. You're not going to win the Super Bowl. So I don't care if you're in a shitty division. Why don't you just let him play out the 16 games? Like, here you go. You got a leash. Let's see what you can do. Because you're not, who gives a shit if you get in the playoffs and get your ass whooped? Well, And And you just ruined a quarterback. He's done. You can't put him back in. Yeah. You can't turn around next year. There's no trust in this. Yeah. Unless everybody gets fired, which they're not going to do. No. They just did that. Yeah. There's really no hope for him. No. Well, and T, you made the comparison to Joe Burrow, and while, yeah, the the quarterbacks there are different, you look at, and obviously it was an obvious choice for the Bengals, but you look at how the Bengals, you know, got on that same page, and they have a young quarterback coach, in, and you have a coach that knows. It blows my mind that, like, things like the Dolphins and the Washington football team, it's just like, if you're going to, make the decision to invest, use your pick to invest in a quarterback, why the hell are you and your coach not on the same page there? But like, Oh, yeah. Well, also, how, is that a, how is that a possibility? Like, I feel like you're setting yourself up to fail there. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure we'll get to this in just a second because I want to talk about it with a certain dime dropper. But the other thing about Burrow that I don't understand with a lot of these coaches is now – whether or not you respect the the front office of the Bengals, and I've obviously not even being a Bengals fan, certainly had my qualms with the way they've or they their ability, quarterbacks. their they ability, three in the last or decades. inability to build a team. Yeah, they do have a good ability to say, "Hey, we have a good quarter. You know, we have a quarterback that at least has some promise." I mean, you can definitely say that for all three of them. Mm-hmm. Let's put some weapons around him. You know, they they. I mean, A.J. Green, they didn't know what they were going to get out of him. But they got, like, T. Higgins in the draft. And, you know, Boyd's been good. Mixon, obviously, around that offensive line. But they put weapons around him. Who is the football team's second receiver behind Terry McLaurin? Can you tell me that? I know. I, I think know. it's Dontrell Inman, but no. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was going down their, their running back yeah. room, and after they cut Geis in the, in the offseason. Isn't Jordan Reed stuff, still their tight end? No, he's in uh, he's in San Francisco. Oh, I think. oh is he? Uh, I, no, I, I, sorry, Gray, I want to jump in. I agree. I, you know, there's no plan with Haskins. One, yeah, and he's had two different offenses to learn, right? So all of a sudden you're like next year, like, oh, you got to learn. And there's no training camp, no preseason. I, he should have sat all last year. He shouldn't have played him at all. You should have told him coming in, you're not playing at all this year for no matter what. You got there's a lot of things he had to work on. Going under center, he never did that at Ohio State. Not comfortable doing it the few times he tried to do it. You know, small things like that. There's still some decision making getting through small things that you should have said, take a deep breath, guy. Right. You're not playing this year. Focus on, you know, paying attention to the older guys, the fundamentals, what we're doing, you know, that kind of thing. And then obviously, you know, yeah, I, you should have probably kept 
Jay Gruden. I don't know. Like, if you're going to invest there, or you should have fired him after, you or know, you before after you drafted a, him. Yeah, you should have had a plan. Like, that's what blows my to mind. To cultivate them. Right, is like investing in a in a quarterback in a, using a first-round pick, that's a lot. Like, that's a big decision to make. And not everybody's a Joe Burrow or Russell Wilson, right. those guys who step in. Look at uh, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. They both at least sat a year. Yeah. And I think before we get to the last one, I just wanted yeah, to no point, this, point this out to, to go around go around the horn here. Uh, so as far as people that have played in all seven games for the football team, the guy who has the second most receiving yards per game, Terry McLaurin's at one, of course. Number two is former Virginia Tech quarterback Logan Thomas. Turn oh, tight end Logan, Logan Thomas. Tom- I didn't even know he's. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think that kind of settles the Haskins thing there. I'm... Hopefully, I think we're all praying he gets traded. Um, moving on to Greg's favorite topic, uh, old Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. Uh, not getting the same heat as the rest of the guys we were talking about. I'm sure the Giants fans are, but uh, Greg, I know we started with you last time. We'll start with you again because you're amped about it. Uh, is Daniel Jones under center next year for the uh, New York football Giants? Hell yeah, Danny Dimes <laughs> is back. My guy, Danny Dimes, getting the win over the Washington footballers in his career, 3-0 and versus the Washington footballers, 1-16 against non-Washington, <laughs> but that's not a big deal. 1-16 yeah. against the, non, the non-footballers, I suppose. Um, I think he's been a guy that's turned the ball over. A lot. Uh, but a guy that you can see some of the... You know, he, you can see some of the talent there. And I think you'd rather have a guy like him where you'd be like, hey, reel it in a little bit than trying to get a guy to cut it loose. Right. He is a guy that, you know, is certainly have to work on the decision making. You know, 31 touchdowns, 21 picks, but yards to attempt at least is, is over six. So there's at least something there. And he's a guy, once again, that, you know, who's starting at running back for him now that Saquon's gone? I was going to look. I don't know who. I was looking I don't know. They have, they've had like four different I was pulling up their roster real quick. Let's look uh, what we're looking at. Golden Tate, who has who got benched for their game, is was like their top wide receiver. Well, they got Devontae Freeman. Oh, yeah. But he played like a game and got hurt. Oh, okay. And then... Um, <laughs> Probably Deion Lewis or Alfred Morris, right? Yeah, I think uh, Deion Lewis and Alfred Morris have been... Sharon, they, I think they splitting. ran Deion Lewis on like a fourth and one today, which is very dumb because Deion Lewis is a pass catching back. Uh, yeah, he's five but eight. They've had nine. him, and then they've also had a, another Gettleman special, Andrew Thomas, who they drafted fourth overall, who has been pretty much nothing short of a liability at, at left tackle for him. So some issues there, and some issues in developing talent, and I think the most important part of this equation honestly is i think they're going to keep gettleman and i think he's gettleman's guy oh yeah i think he'll get a start i think maybe after next year is when you might think about pulling the plug but once again only his second year and dave gettleman's too prideful as we've seen in all of his wonderful press conferences to say anything different i say hell yeah Danny oh, Dimes yeah. back under center Greg's, for <laughs> Greg's all in. Uh, Josh? I'm not I'm not going to be all in as Greg really? is. I'm just going to lean. I'm still saying hell yeah. But Greg's, or Josh has been super down on all these guys. He's like, fuck him, fuck him. Because well, you guys I mean, got, I get it. You got your quarterback. Well, my quarterback hasn't thrown nine interceptions this year. 
It's just like your quarterback I mean, also has like a roster made up of real NFL players. Well, that too, but <laughs> not great. But that's like, crazy. I don't, I don't see the Giants as an organization making a move like that um, right now. Um, I'd even say maybe in two years. I don't know what his contract is, but I mean, he's first round pick, so he's got oh, four yeah, years four, the player yeah, option. Player. For yeah, I, I say they just ride option, it out I guess, for through that. Honestly, yeah, um, I'm not saying he's. So you, you're saying he will be back next Yeah, he'll be Sorry, back. I thought you said no. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm leaning hell yeah. Oh, okay. um, I'm not all in like, oh, hell yeah. They right. might because he's really not a great decision maker um, and has shown that he can't reel it in, I don't think. Um, I mean, some of the throws, some of his throws just are not good decisions at all. Um, but some of his throws are dumb. Some of his, and I will agree <laughs> with you that he uh, he is a playmaker, but, you know, Tries. That last drive against Tampa yeah. can be a play. Yeah, like that last drive last week was awesome. <laughs> but then his last throw was way behind the wide receiver and was the reason why they didn't tie it up. But we're not going to worry about one down. We're going to talk about the one down that he's throwing dimes during. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to leave hell yeah, not, hell yeah and uh, strictly because <laughs> Gettleman's the general manager, and I agree he's just buried himself with uh, Daniel Jones, and he's going to die by you know by Daniel Jones. Um, it's in Daniel Jones' defense. The kid came in. We all remember when that pick came in. Like, what the fuck? Um, I mean, what he was one or two years starter at Duke, right? I think he was a one-year starter. I think he was a one-year starter, yeah. too. So he kind of had the same tag as Haskins, and it's that's not Ohio State. You know, I... I think it's uh, fair to give him another couple years. I agree. He, sh- I would give him this compared now with Granny. He's actually, the Giants have at least been like, here's your fucking team, dude. You know what I mean? I'll give him that. And I'm like, here you go. Run with it. Uh, haven't ran very far, but they're, <laughs> they're going to no. continue to let him try. Stumbled a few times. But what has that shown? There's, there's been enough probably evidence of those nice throws, those wow moments that they're like, it's coming. Yeah, he definitely does have the ability to create the wow factor. Not a but lot, but there's they've been there. He can't finish either. No, and he trips in the wide open field. So oh, Daniel yeah. Jones actually three year starter at Duke. Oh, uh, was he? In his three wow. years, nine picks, eleven picks, nine picks. So certainly okay. a guy that someone would have we, to. We we were the trying to really vote. undersell his experience coming in. Uh, it's David Gettleman though. So yeah, yeah, he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be there next yeah, year. They'll stick with him. You I can't see fault the Giants, though, on not, like, giving this kid a shot. They're like, here you fucking go, man. Yeah, like, hey, might as well. I mean, you know what? If you're going to if you're gonna spend a, a top 10 pick on a quarterback, might as well get your money let, him, let him roll to figure out what you got. And for any of you that are not familiar with David Gettleman, because we've referenced him a lot, if you just look up some of his... Uh, oh, God, they're great. Some of his press conferences, some of his talk of trades, talking about trading the number six pick for... Uh, a bucket of popcorn and a couple pretzels. It was an unbelievable <laughs> press conference. So he's just one of those old school football players that I don't even think believes in the forward pass. So oh, trying God. to see him build a team in 2020 is nothing short <laughs> of hilarious. All right. Well, that's all we have for hell yeah, hell nah. A little bit extended. Probably rambled a little bit, but uh, always fun conversations to dissect these. Uh, troublesome franchises who always seem to be in this conversation um obviously hit us up on uh greg what is the uh social media handles 30 rack of sports on facebook twitter and instagram all right and to wrap up the show as we always do we want to give out some cheers uh first off cheers to molar brew barn uh molar brew barns pink ribbon girls 
Lemonberry Radler was our beer of the week. So thank you to Muller Brew Barn. Uh, certainly something different than what we've had oh, yeah. for uh, a lot different. of our beers. Yeah. But something tasty. And like we said, if you have someone that is uh, not a huge beer aficionado or someone that wants a nice beer after going on a long bike ride, I suppose, this would this would be the one to try. So uh, thank you to Muller Muller Brew Barn over there. And uh, for our last cheers, Zach, do you have anything that you were cheersing out today? I do. I uh, want to cheers real quick the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, defense. As they won the uh, American League, the first ever American League, they did one for the National League as well, uh, Team Gold Glove Award. Uh, so they were decided as the best defensive team in the American League, and uh, Greggy, your Cubbies, uh, also took away the uh, team hardware in the end. Now, so disappointing seasons for both teams, but uh, but you know we'll take a little team hardware. We'll definitely take the team hardware, and I'm sure the Indians will. Right Better than a w- wooden spoon. Right, it's certainly better than a wooden spoon. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll put the cheers from you right next to the team hardware. <laughs> I hope they do. Uh, Josh, over to you. Do you have anyone that you're cheersing? I weekend? am saying cheers to Jimmy Johnson, who took one last ride at Phoenix tonight where Chase Elliott won the NASCAR championship. But 19 years. 19 years in uh, seven championships. NASCAR. Remember when he was... Yeah, he won like what seven in a row, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think it was five in a row, and then yeah. two others uh, tying it yeah. with Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. But one last ride, been a Hendrick Motorsports guy for 20, 20 years almost. One wow. last ride tonight, so cheers to Jimmy Johnson. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out, uh, one person in general, once again, as we mentioned, AJ Meyer, uh, filling in for Brett Gabbert for Miami, Ohio, uh, leading them to a win over Ball State, getting a win for the state of Ohio, but. In general, I just want to give a shout-out uh, to the Mac. The Mac is back and better than ever. I know uh, there may have been some things going on on Tuesday that may have spilled over into Wednesday, but for me, Wednesday night was Beyond all Wednesday. Mac football. Yeah. All Mac football. So thank you to Mac football for fill, just filling up that void in my heart of Tuesday and Wednesday night football. I love, I love where your priorities are. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Mac football all the time. All right, well, for Zach spewing the opinions about Kanye for president, for Josh on the ones and twos, I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Peace. Did you vote for Kanye?